Hello, I'm uh, Carl, and I'm an alcoholic, and I've been sober since uh, August uh, 22nd, 2014. I'm an alcoholic. My name's Steve. My sobriety date is February 7th, 2010. And this is SoberPod, and I'd like to remind you that uh, the opinions expressed here are strictly those of uh, each one of us. We do not represent nor speak for uh, any uh, 12-step programs or any other recovering community. So with that said... This is Silver Pot. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so what are we here to discuss, Steve? Uh, well, I thought we'd first start with um, this episode is going to be coming out uh, just a day later than uh, we had in- originally anticipated because being the good alcoholic I am, I forgot that my girlfriend was taking five years sober yesterday. Uh, for the end of the month, her sobriety date had just passed earlier in the month of June and that literally makes two birthdays of hers that I've forgotten this year. <laughs> so I'm doing very well in oh, my you're, relationship. You're a great boyfriend. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I forgot my wife's uh, birthday one year. And she came, she came home with uh, um, balloons. She's a teacher. So she came home with you know balloons. And, you know, and it was, we were having our first child, right? So she was... Um, so actually, it was my first child's one-year birthday, and I had freelancing, and I was putting shit together, and um, she comes walking in the door with some balloons, and of course, you know, the good alcoholic I am, I'm like, I'm like, whose fucking birthday is it? And she fucking, like, her body just fucking melted. She's like, it's mine. You know, it's like, <laughs> dude, now that's the better forgetful birthday. <laughs> At least she didn't do that, you know? <laughs> Yes, I didn't, I did not ask. Actually, I was reminded of it because I got a text from my mom saying, we forgot Ellen's birthday, she said I could say her name. And um Ellen, that is. Yeah. And she said not, we forgot not, Ellen's not the Ellen though. Yeah, no, no, no. Wait. No, Ellen, yeah, she said it. <laughs> Wait, anyway. But she said, We forgot her birthday. And I was looking at the text like, What? And then I realized, oh yes, we did. Yeah. And so uh my mom reminded me that I missed my girlfriend's birthday. And that's what eight years of sobriety gets you, apparently. It's forgetfulness. Yes, forgetfulness. But her uh, sobriety date, we went to a meeting last night. She took her five-year chip. Uh, Carl was nice enough to uh, delay the podcast recording a day. He was there at the meeting, had a great time. I hadn't been to a meeting in uh, quite some time with my schedule, and uh, it was a great night. Yeah, you, you talked about that uh, last time, uh, not going to meetings. So was this like your first meeting in a while? Or what's that good? was the first one in a while because yeah. I'd been so busy with school every weekend was – um, just doing schoolwork and getting papers done and getting studying done. And now I'm down to my very last class and, uh, going last night was a super cool. Like it was a, it was a breath of fresh air being able to go in and hear everybody talk about sobriety, see all the birthdays, all the newcomers. There was that, uh, there was one person there that mentioned she was there with someone showing her support that was 24 hours sober. Like, and that's, uh, not to sound cheesy, but again, that most important person there is like those first 24 hours. So much like those of you, uh, listening that may be not even, maybe you haven't even hit the 24 hour mark yet, but you're the critical piece of sobriety, like in any program, because if without you, it's just people like me and Carl who've been sober for a minute telling each other shit we've already told yeah, each other yeah. before. Ain't sobriety great. Yeah, ain't sobriety <laughs> great. It's like, we need new people to bore. Yeah. That's what I'm essentially telling you. I can't wait to bore you to death. <laughs> yes, I cannot wait to tell you all about myself because that's how much less self-centered I am these days. But I'm sober. 
And I'm better. And I'm better. <laughs> huh? Can't you tell? So uh, my week was, uh, you know, fair. You know, I, I went, went to work and did the things I did, you know, um, talking to sponsees, which is always fun. You know, mm-hmm. they, I've had a lot of, lot of sponsee issues, actually. Um, so uh, it, it, it definitely wakes you up to the, to the signs of alcoholism. Right. Yeah. You know, um, you know, so there's no um, there's no shortage of reminders when you, uh, you know, we're talking to, to guys newly sober uh, talking about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so um, so, you know, I, I spent a good week with that and uh, my work is going great, actually. Uh, you know, uh, I uh, just got a bunch of uh, stuff approved. So this week will be really busy. So I have to edit this episode this weekend <laughs> and, really, and really put it out the door before that, that, uh, that tidal wave happens. So, cause I'm sure I'll be busy. Um, not, I've been just doing good. I went to, you know, my regular Tuesday meeting, went to a uh, regular Friday meeting and, uh, um, actually I go to two meetings on Tuesday. So I go to that. Um, and then I, um, yeah, I think I was, uh, I do also do a, a speaking engagement, H and I panel. Uh, I also do that as well. So, um, boy, that's a lot of recovery. Yes, it is. That's a lot of recovery. That's what we keep realizing, or just over uh, like the first episode last week, and then just talking about what we were going to be discussing today, we realized that it's like, it's it's such a, it can be such a fickle attempt to narrow it down to one topic. Yeah. And because it's like, just to talk about one part of sobriety, you end up talking about all of it. Yeah. So if... If you have some difficulty following us or we just jump all over the place, that's SoberPod. So we hope you enjoy. <laughs> yeah, welcome to that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so our, our topic for this week was, uh, it was going to be isolation, right? Yes. That's where we were at. But we may do that in more detail at some other point. Yes. Uh, but what we stumbled across is, is um, you know, I think, I think more apropos. more fitting is the uh look at me whipping out the words man yeah Uh, listeners uh, can't see that thesaurus yeah yeah hold on a second let me get my phone so um what we came across is uh you know the functioning alcoholic right and i think for um for myself especially i identify with that kind of stuff um you know and i I know steve you know definitely hits a, a few of those markers as well yes uh so if you are um Maybe if you're like me, basically, and you were in your earlier days of sobriety and you really kind of felt like you didn't have a problem and, um, well, maybe you, you, know, you felt like you had a problem, but you, um, but you were seeking other solutions uh, for that and you, you needed somebody to fucking listen to and not go to a goddamn AA meeting. Uh, <laughs> great. You know, this is the episode for you because this is exactly what I identify with in terms of uh, the functional alcoholic. Um, you know, I... Um, you know, I, I, my last day drinking, uh, basically was, uh, um, you know, I, I still had my car. I still had my house. I still had my kids. I still had my wife still, you know, I hadn't been hired at the, the job that I was working at yet, but, uh, I was soon to be, I was basically full-time, you know, freelancing and, um, you know, I was doing really well, quote unquote. Right. You know, um, I even joke about it with people. Like I made more money in my last, you know, years of drinking, uh, than I did, than I do today. Right. You know, so, um, you know, and that's not because, you know, sobriety took away my salary. It's just because, you know, today I have a much different focus, but that's a, that's for me, I was, it was a function. I was a quintessential functioning alcoholic. You know, I was the guy that would joke about it, you know, uh, and, um, you know, so, and, you know, and I think other people, like even in my work environment would do the same thing. Like, you know, oh, you know, and, and, and I think it's funny, like, um, people, I would, be working with they would be doing the 30-day challenge right like 
I guess, you know, it's kind of like they were treating it like losing weight. <laughs> so, like, I'm not going to drink for 30 days. And actually, some people were able to do it, like, you know, but, and they would try and, oh, you know, you should do the 30-day challenge, that yes. kind of stuff. try not to fuck your life for yeah. 30 days. <laughs> Just try. Just try. I fucking dare you. <laughs> so, so, Steve, what part of functioning alcoholic were you? Uh, none. <laughs> I was a completely, and this is for, for the, for you listeners, if you are like me and you were the exact opposite of a functioning alcoholic, you were a train wreck, garbage dump, fire, complete mess of an alcoholic. This you can still identify with. I don't want you guys to feel left out. <laughs> you guys and gals. Uh, but no, I identify with all this stuff from, uh, Carl's got a great article uh, we're going to go through it uh, point by point. We're going to discuss our experience with it and the parts of uh, the signs of a functioning alcoholic. According to the article, I would make an argument for it's pretty good signs of even being just an alcoholic, but especially for the functioning ones out there, because you've got both sides of it between Carl and myself. You've got Carl who was uh, successful in business. He had a good career family. And then you've got me who was not able to do any of that. And I was just a drunk that um, did not have much going on for my bank account. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, these are so we'll be getting into the signs of a functioning alcoholic. So I guess first sign, right, is um, you know not a stage but a sign, right, which is uh, you know uh, if a person if a person drinks alcohol to replace eating food. Yes. Um, so I, I did you ever. Yes, I did that a lot. I was one of those that I would wake up in the morning and I remember I had a usual thing where I was waking up usually around like maybe two or three in the afternoon because I wasn't passing out until about five or six in the morning and I wouldn't eat breakfast. I wouldn't eat anything. And I remember I would just start drinking around five o'clock. Mm. I had some buddies of mine that liked to drink the way I did, or at least didn't mind if I drank the way I did around them. And I would just go, I'd start drinking and I saw food as being damaging to my goal of getting drunk. Mm -hmm. I didn't like the feeling of having food in me because I could feel that I was making my friend alcohol work harder to get through all that food to absorb <laughs> into my stomach lining and give me that nice drunky feeling. A that barrier I to relief. It was, it was a <laughs> yeah. barrier. And that's the crazy part was that even I would drink and get to the point where you know, you start feeling nauseous and dizzy and stuff like that. It would take quite a bit to get there. But I remember several instances where even with that, that might be when I considered eating something hmm. just so I could be like, well, I'm not drinking yet just because my body's shutting down. <laughs> I'm not listening to you, body. Steve, <laughs> Steve's drunk voice. <laughs> yes, that's my drunk voice. Actually, much more articulate when I'm impersonating it. Um, but... That's what I would do. And then maybe I would eat something, usually some trash fast food or something. Like, you know, I gave a lot of business uh, to Del Taco in those days. Yeah. Still do, but for, you know, different reasons, just because I like Del Taco. And, um, but then I would, uh, I'd eat something, start, uh, feeling a little bit more balanced. I'd get my bearings back together and then back to drinking. So for you, uh, East Coast listeners, uh, Del Taco is, is a, <laughs> It's a taco establishment, yes. fast food. And actually, we'll have to call them and see if uh, no free plugs on this show. So yeah, we might yeah. have to give them a call and tell yeah, them. Yeah, I want my out. five bucks. Yeah, I want my two dollars. <laughs> so you know, um, when I was uh, in program when I was younger, it was uh, yeah, it, 
you know, maybe it wasn't in program, but maybe it was just because I was drunk when I was younger. But uh, people used to say shit like, uh, you know, there's a sandwich in every beer, you know. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, because like, they're kind of, you know, I mean, really, it's like it. I, that's how I treated it. You know, I didn't I didn't eat dinner. You know, I, I you know, I came home and I drank it was liquid dinners. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, I started, you know, with the hard and continued the rest of the night. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, uh, yeah, lunches, you know, I, I hated the idea that, um, that, uh, that they would ask me, uh, you know, for drinks first and then bring me food second. Right. You know, oh. yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it's like, um, cause you have to, you know, you couldn't just sit there. <laughs> you couldn't just continue to order drinks. There was some sort of civility to having a meal in front of you, which I never understood. No. You know? So, um, you know, in my my lunch bills, when it really came right down to it, were um, were spent, you know, with uh, with uh, you know spending three four times as much on alcohol than I did on the meal, right? Yeah. You know, so I didn't really care. So any kind of you know, food became a very secondary option for me yes. uh, when it came to those situations. So I mean, I totally understand that. Yeah. Like, you know, and who wouldn't want to drink all day and not have to bother yourself with eating? Such a waste of time chewing shit. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, I was so jealous of those hospital patients that had the IVs that could just get the food, like, or the nutrients pumped right into them and they can just keep on getting the morphine at the same time. Yeah, well, and I was just like, to me, that was heaven. Living the dream. Exactly. No, that was one of my biggest pet peeves when I was drinking. Whenever I'd go to a restaurant, or whenever I saw people like at a barbecue or something, they're like, oh, like they they get this big plate of food and then a nice big tall glass of beer or something. And to me, that just looks disgusting. <laughs> I'm just like, no, that is stupid. You need to get rid of that food. You need to just drink that beer because you're making me feel self-conscious that I haven't eaten in like 48 hours. And this is the fourth time I've come to in two days. So, um, so then we move right into... Additional signs, which are uh, angry defensive reactions. Talk about being angry defensive uh, reactions uh, when someone brings up the possibility of alcoholism. What the fuck <laughs> is that supposed to mean? What are you, what are you trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not an alcoholic. I play one on a podcast. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, you know, there's a last bullet on here is joking about being an alcoholic. And God so that it. was always my defense. So if you brought up you know, my alcoholism, even in any kind of serious way, I've tried to joke and get around it. Like, you know, oh, yeah. I just, uh, and then, you know, <clears throat> I don't know anybody who really like, you know, like I said, I was, I was waiting for an intervention. Like I, I really was like, I was <laughs> like, it's, I really felt like, it's like someday like door knock and there, you know, somebody would be like Carl, you know, and your family has decided, you know, I always felt like that was going to happen. You know, it's like the other shoe waiting, you know, waiting to drop, right? Yeah. So, I, was, um, I wasn't isolating. I was waiting for my surprise <laughs> sobriety party. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so I, I always thought I was going to get an intervention and then it just never came. You know, and, um, you know, every once in a while my wife would say, uh, you know, oh, you know, I think you're drinking too much or, oh, you know, I think you, um, you know, do you have to have so many, you know, that kind of a thing. Right. You know, it's like, you know, it like, and it's, it's very obvious. Like we went to a, um, she was trying to get me introduced into suburbia somehow. <laughs> Talk about isolation. She was trying to get me introduced into suburbia. She took me to like one of those, uh, uh, I, mean, I don't know if you know what that is. It's a bunco thing. Do you know what bunco is? What? Uh, yeah, dude. It's, 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 bunco? It's, this shit happens in suburbia. It's really weird. So it's a card game and I have no 
Oh, Suburbia is a card game called Bunko. I guess it's really popular. I don't oh, know. so all it's, it's kind of like Garden Party, but different, right? Because I, mean, I know what that is too, dude. I, you know, I, 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 I crawled into the other side of the tracks, and this is where I am now. Okay, it's awkward and weird, but please let me describe it. Yes, it's like so that everybody's like sitting around in these chairs doing this pool party thing, and I'm uncomfortable as fuck. I don't even know how to like. I don't even know how to get along. I just don't. I don't know how to talk to anybody because, you know, because I am what I am, right? You yeah. know, I'm, a, I'm an addict alcoholic who who crossed over this other side of the tracks and doesn't know how to be here. Not fitting in, never fitting in, right? right. Yeah, you know, I'm at this bunko party. My wife wants to go because she thinks this is going to be a good idea somehow, you know, but she has no idea that, like, you know, her husband, the uh, the young alcoholic, is uh, is going to show up, right? And uh, they had one of these... Um, and, and, Dear, dear listeners, I'm holding my hands about two and a half feet apart. They had one of these big bottles that has its own stand of vodka, right? And I brought my own vodka. Nice. And, uh, but it was just like one of those smaller absolute bottles, right? And, uh, and I, I finished it, basically. And then, because um, uh, I think it was like half. And then, um, and I was, I was just getting going. Yeah. <laughs> but I wasn't talking to anybody. So what I did is I just kept going back to the, to the, spinning to the to the bottle to that the had its supply. own hand yeah and I, just, I was just finishing that shit off you know um and so you know my wife at that point is like you know looking around at like all the other husbands and all the other people who aren't fucking tilting the big bottle back on its own stand and she's like can you just not right now <laughs> right like you know and she's asking and i'm like oh yeah sure so at every point when she steps away to start gabbing with somebody else I'm back in the kitchen filling that bottle back, you know. And so. that's being a good guest in my book. <laughs> yeah, Someone was, bought that for a reason. Dude, and, and I wasn't hurting anybody. Yeah, I wasn't hurting anybody <laughs> besides me, like, desperate, and desperately upsetting the wife. Uh, but I was I was definitely hurting that fucking toilet later. That <laughs> oh, God. That is so much vodka. I can just imagine that. Yeah, that's a lot of vodka. Yeah, I do. It was a lot. It was, um, but, you know, th- that's the, the thing is that she's asking me to, can you just please cut back? And, and of course, you know, I'm not angry or, you know, defensive necessarily, but, but I'm definitely not responding to her requests, right? You know, there's just no way I can. Yeah, for so, me, for the defensive about being uh, the alcoholic thing, for the most part, I was hanging around other people that drank the way I did. So, you know, we just joke about being alcoholic and stuff. Cause those two are kind of related. But as far as the joking about being alcoholic and being defensive, if you're accused of it, I guess, or I shouldn't say accused in my case, if you're rightly observed as being an alcoholic, <laughs> but identified. <laughs> yes. Identified correctly. Like that's a flower. That's a door. You're a drunk clearly, but I didn't really get defensive. It's weird. By the time there was someone in my life that actually did, point that out to me i was less defensive and more just sort of and (laughs) like what's your point like i'm sitting here with a beer and you're calling me an alcoholic like i can point out the color shirt you're wearing like where where are we going with this what's the point how far is this gonna go (laughs) yeah how far is this gonna go like is is this really an issue but you know again it's different in in our cases because carl was in his story, like he's, he's married, he's at a party, he's all that. And for me, I'm a, I'm just a young, dumb, drunk guy that is just, you know, creating havoc everywhere I go. Mm. So, uh, but I guess it's to, to, uh, say overall though, no matter where you are in life, if you're drinking yourself to death, someone will probably point it out. Yeah. If you're drinking yourself to death, guess what? 
you're drinking yourself to death. There yes. is no fucking, you know, there is no variation. You know, for me, as I, um, you know, putting the word functional in front of alcoholic uh, kept me fucking drunk for a very long time. I know. You know, because it's, um, because it seems so much more lighthearted. Right? Yeah. Oh, I'm functional alcoholic. You know, I'm doing fine. Well, I know? think about uh, it. It's like, you know, if I see someone in a wheelchair, I'm like, hey, good for you. They're still getting around. They're still getting stuff done. And very I, functional. Yeah. It's yeah. like, they're functional. And, you know, for us, I'd be like, yeah, I'm an alcoholic, but I'm a functional alcoholic. So, you know, I think I deserve a little credit. So, uh, so then we talk about um, uh, talk, not being able to remember what happened while under the influence of alcohol. Because, so to be honest, like I don't know if I really didn't hurt anybody at that garden party or the bunko, whatever. You know what I mean? Like I could have fucking said some shit. <laughs> so not beyond me, right? Yeah. You know, not beyond me, especially in that condition, right? Yeah. You know, so um, you know, and and uh, you know, it, I recently, uh, uh, ironically. Uh, I recently did my uh, some of my night step with my wife, and uh, and you know, and so when you do a night step uh, to you newcomers, it's uh, uh, it's a it's a real humbling process. You basically mm-hmm. you know you talk and you kind of say all the things that you did, right? Yeah. And uh, and just to lay it yeah. out for you listeners, the ninth step is uh, making amends. Yeah. So um, so I do that, and then you, there's an opportunity that you kind of give the other person to say, hey, you know, and anything else, yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, and, and I, so, you know, with my wife, it's been a long time coming because I just, you know, I don't know why we just, we didn't get around to it at one point. She, I thought that she didn't want me to cause you know, whatever circumstances, but it turns out that she actually wanted that to happen. So we did it, um, which is great. You know, we finally got around to talking about, which, you know, miscommunications, it happens. Um, but with all the other people that I've made amends with, uh, too, it's, um, um, you know, when I say is, you know, and anything else surprisingly, and I see, I thought that I was a, a drinker that you know, didn't black out. Like I didn't do those types of things. And, you know, uh, as a functional alcoholic, you know, you, you don't, you know, get blacked out and start taking off your clothes anywhere. You know, that's so part of the word functional. <laughs> and, uh, um, but well, a conservative definition, but now in uh, my view, and I'll tell you is, um, you know, uh, so th- this is, this is, um, I, I got, I got some real shockers here, right. Which, which totally, um, happened to me in sobriety as well. Right. So, uh, you know, my wife let me know there were some things that, you know, I didn't fucking remember, like, or or maybe I had a vague recollection of, but I didn't have the exact details down. And I was like, ooh, like, you know, and by the way, I don't have any excuses. She's the sober one, right? Know. You know, so then here's the other thing is in sobriety. Um, and I don't even know how it happened. We were, we were actually, we were, we were talking and my wife mentioned um, my, our second daughter's uh, birth. And, uh, and I, dude, I, I was, I think it was a year sober and I racked my brain. Couldn't remember it. I mean, forgot he had a second daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Someday she's going to listen to these podcasts. (laughs) So so just so you know, sweetie, I remembered it later. I recalled it later, but I needed some help, you know? (laughs) So, uh, and it's true. Like in that moment, it did not occur to me. And we were talking and it fucking shocked the shit out of me because I'm like, Oh shit. You know, I've, I've. I either, you know, it's gone, right? You know, that memory is not there. And I know that I was drinking pretty heavily during that time too. Like the whole so, experience stopped, well, stopped to, I mean like the day of when she water breaks, all that stuff. Talking to the doctor, she, my, what my wife was referring to when she talked to me was this, a specific thing that the doctor said that, um, that I didn't recall. Like, and mm-hmm. I mean like, I, that's something I should have remembered, right? You know, it's like, you know, I have you know, four children, three that I was present for the birth on. Right. 
and I, I remember the other two. I just don't remember the middle one. You know what I mean? So it's shit that you go like, oh shit, you know. So it was, it was, it was, wow. you know, pretty effective, right? To so, and I always think that I don't that I remembered everything. Like that, I was like, you know, I'm acutely aware. You know, oh, yeah. not the case. So. No, it's it's so the opposite. And I remember. Let me see. I remember that fun feeling that I'm sure uh, some of you listening can identify with where you wake up after a real good hard night of drinking and you look around where you wake up at and you say, wait a minute, this isn't the last place I remember being at. And there's no way I drove last night. I was tanked. I was wrecked beyond the pair. I don't remember beyond repair. I don't remember coming here and then realizing, oh, shit, I did drive. Like, because I remember looking out the window and seeing my truck and I had my keys and I had all my shit with me. And I'm just thinking, you know, so you got to go out and do that fun walk around the truck and around your car to see, are there any scratches or dents or blood that shouldn't be there because you drove without being completely aware of your faculties like and, it's, you, and, you, and you piece it together and, yeah. and it you know and that's like you know i mean whether it happens the next day or or a year into sobriety you know yeah there, you know there's things that you actually you know if you're listening you know and you're new and you're kind of like oh shit like you know i got my faculties about me but i just have a drinking problem you know yeah you, you might want to start to consider that there is some shit you probably don't recall yeah you know and that's a really hard thing and it was really hard for me to, I mean, that one took me out, actually, thinking that I did that much damage to not remember things. And and now it's kind of like a commonality. Now in my family, it's like a joke. Like, oh, you just don't remember. I'm like, well, they, no, it, I wish they would say it as it actually is. Like, no, you were just drunk. But, you know, instead they, yeah. they give me the out and they say, oh, no, you just don't remember. You know? Yeah. So, like, well, I remember I drank a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that probably has something to do with it. That might have something. Yeah. To, but no, yeah. I had a actually a pretty significant part of um what led me to sobriety recently. The last day that I drank came after a night. It was a huge blowout fight I had with my uh, girlfriend at the time that I remember we were out at a restaurant. A buddy of mine was there. We were having some drinks. And the shitty thing about being blacked out, as I've discovered from my experience, is apparently you can still lie while you're blacked out the problem though is later yes it's the problem though is later the person you lied to while you were blacked out remembers the lie but you the person who was blacked out don't remember lying or what you lied about and so it sounds like a good premise for a movie yes yeah it was a very so i'm just sitting there and i i was saying something about um a, a party i had been at that According to me in the blackout, I was not interested in going to, I was not going to attend. And it just outed this whole big, this whole, this big closet came open and all these skeletons come flying out. And, you know, so she's sitting there stewing because I'm just sitting there pointing out, like just casually talking about how I just told a massive lie to her and I had no idea. So what about the massive truth? (laughs) <laughs> the massive truth yeah well i mean it, it was basically just because i i was saying that i was i was saying like oh no i'm just gonna go home because uh i'm tired or whatever i was saying to her but no i ditched her because i wanted to go drink yeah and just a massive yeah. night of drinking and uh so then yeah when that came up that led to a big fight and um it was uh the next day that i called her doing that whole oh let's make up thing you know i'm only drunk like that most of the time yeah. but you know usually i'm fun and having a good time and that led to me going to my first AA meeting huh. 
There you go. So then we talk about um, uh, setting limits, right, to our drinking. So <clears throat> I don't know about you, but you know, it's a functional alcoholic. I was. Uh, this is perfect. You know, and they talk about this in like a in the in the, in the as a you know the. Uh, the, um, the things that we tried to, to do, you know, so, uh, uh, you know, it's in uh, chapter three, uh, more about alcoholism, I believe it is. It's, uh, you know, um, you know, um, you know, basically, you know, switching from, you know, wine to brandy, you know, uh, you know, trying drinking beer only, you know, drinking like, you know, and also it's like, it's not just setting, you know, uh, you know, limits on drinking, but like, you know, almost other requirements around it. Yeah. Right? So, um, just really any sort of yeah. parameter around it. Like this is going to control the drinking. If yeah. I adhere to doing if this, I just do it. If I just do it in the evenings, I'm good. Right. If I don't do it at lunches, you know, I'll be better because, well, at least I'll be cutting back. Right. Yeah. You know, or if, um, maybe I'll just switch to beer because, you know, man, the fucking hard shit is just like, it's killing my stomach. Right. You know, all these other types of things, you know, which I got, I got stages of alcoholism, not, not the signs of functioning. Alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, um, but you know, I, I, I did all that stuff. I, you know, um, you know, I would switch from, so I was a, a vodka drinker for a very long time. Uh, and then, um, you know, my stomach was fucking killing me. So I switched to beer and then, um, and also you know, switching to beer was better in my, my wife's eyes for some reason. I don't know why. Like, you know, I got less shit from her when I did that. Uh, because, well, I guess vodka drinker is, is yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's the other thing is, is being specific about your, your brand and about how you drink is also very alcoholic, right? Like that's like, you know, that's a real telltale sign that you're like, you know, I don't know where I read that one, but that's not in this article. But, but that, you know I mean? That's another sign that you are like, potentially you're crawling into alcoholism. Oh yeah, yeah because yeah. like you actually have a preference, but I'm picturing from your wife's eyes, like as, as Carl saying, well, for some reason she thought beer was better. And I just get this image of Carl with one of those uh, beer can koozies, except he's got the <laughs> bottle of vodka in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> chokers. You guys ever do chokers? Yeah. And then he switches over to the beer can and I'd be like, well, yeah, the the, bo- the bottle of vodka and the koozie is a little alarming. So uh, cho- chokers are uh, uh, vodka in the neck of a, like a Corona, like you fill the neck. So you, so you take a swig of the beer and you to just the neck. Oh. And then you pour vodka in that, and then so that's how I would, mm. I would drink chokers all the time, you know. And so she never knew it. Just <laughs> I was I was picturing like the big full size bottle, yeah. like you just stick that whole thing into the koozie and just jam it in there and say, you know, I'm just having my one drink. So um, so you know, I I would do that for a while, but you know, I would go through like uh, you know, fucking thirty beers and like nothing flat, like it's because oh, yeah. it's just you know, so so then it became. That's more evident, you know. All the, the the empties are building up and that kind of shit. So you know, and then I switched to uh, a rum and coke, and I also figured out a trick between my, for my rum and my cokes is I would open the bottle sooner, the other one sooner, and I would leave the more full one on the counter. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to switch them out. So oh. you know, doing all these different like little things that I would do, and so um, then I even like you know, then I would if I then I had beer and rum, right, rum and coke, and then so then. Um, you know, I'd hide the beer bottles at the bottom of the trash can and stuff like that. By the way, these are all like um, telltale signs for, yeah. <laughs> for your for your um, for your understanding about your own alcoholism, right? You know, it's like so if you're doing those types of things, if it's affecting you in that way, uh, to where you you know, you're questioning your own relationship with alcohol like that, and you're curious, like well, not curious, you're defensive in that way of hiding shit. Um, that's another way that you can be that way. Uh, maybe it's not direct, but you know, maybe you're already trying to cover up your 
You know, thing. If you're, you know, the hiding bottles anywhere, anywhere. If you're fucking hiding a bottle, you go to a fucking meeting for yeah. crying out loud. Bad you know, alcoholic. Shit Bad. has come to to roost. Bad alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. You stop hiding that bottle. Yeah. Well, I yeah. guess good alcoholic. That's weird yeah, because good, technically yeah. you are doing your job. Part of this list, there was a. Uh, I loved it. It was a. It was a participating in pre-drinking before an evening out. Yes. It's like, I, I don't know what pre-drinking. I mean, I know that like you know you don't want to spend a lot of money at the bar or whatever. I get all that stuff. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know if I ever got so segmented in my drinking that it was like I considered it pre-drinking. I just considered drinking. You know, yeah. what I mean, I didn't have like a, I didn't have a pre-drinking to the drinking. Well, it's yeah. like the the pre-drinking is in quotes at, at the article that we're looking oh, at, yeah. and the reason I'm guessing it's in quotes is because like that's just sort of I'm guessing a justification, or it's just a way to label your drinking to make it more fun. Because yeah. I would do that all the time. A buddy of mine lived right across the street from uh, a bar that we loved to go to, and it was perfect because we could go to his place, uh, tie on the first twelve or thirteen beers, and then stumble over to the bar. And, you know, finish out the night there. And so the pre-drinking was, you know, like you were saying, you could say it's a way to, um, I remember thinking, oh, it's a way to save money or something. Honestly, though, I didn't, I like my anxiety because, you know, this is all sort of leading to the topic of isolation, which we'll get to at some point. Um, but I remember my anxiety around being around other people and, my reliance on needing alcohol just to be able to talk to people and be able to interact was so bad that I had to be drunk before Mm. I showed up and could talk to people and be social at the bar. Like I was just, you know, my skin was just electric with anxiety at the idea of meeting strangers and not being drunk because how else am I going to talk to you? How else am I going to get to know you? Like, so that's what pre-drinking was for me. I know, I think more generally it's the, 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 the idea of um, saving money but I could also even see it as like being individually. I did that yeah. too. I'd start drinking. I remember I would, there's a, uh, I would be going to like poker nights with some friends of mine and I'd start so stop at the store, get like the 18 or 36 pack or something to take. And I would also buy uh, one or two tall cans, a beer. And those two, it was literally like a 10 or 15 minute drive from that store to the house. And both of those tall cans would be empty by the time I got to the house. So, so this is getting into like, Coping mechanisms and, you know, all the stages of drinking is part of this article. Yeah, they so, all you know, blend together. <clears throat> yeah. Like, There's a lot of over overlapping parts with this. So, uh, you know, for me, it's like pre-drinking. It's like, um, you know, uh, I, I, there's, a, there's a bunch of speakers, and I, I, I always listen to all these, you know, alcoholics talking about alcoholism. Uh, you know, maybe I've become a little obsessive about that. But, uh, but, but what I do hear is I hear stuff like, um, you know, uh, you know uh, every decision I made was divided by drink. And I get that equation. I get that, like, Ooh, because, like that. you know, because, uh, you know, if I was walking from my fucking, you know, kitchen to my fucking garage, I was thinking about, you know, oh, I better, you know, you know, there's alcohol in my fridge. I need to get that. Right. You know, if uh, if we were going out to the to the Bunko tournament. Right. You know, I would obviously need to be like I, I, I brought a fucking bottle of alcohol. Right. You know, I was divided because because God knows it's like. What if they don't have that stand-up bottle of vodka? I need my own, right? You know, because what you know if they don't have enough. And you know, <laughs> I went to another party actually with my wife. It was a birthday party, and I this is the great. I brought. I, so I used to take the little sticker off the absolute. Um, there's a little round sticker, 
and then um, and then I would take that sticker off and the bigger bottles, and, and then I'd put it on the top of the cap, right? And just that was my ritual, right? I'd take this little sticker off hmm. and then I'd put it on the top of the cap, and then basically, you know, that's just my little, just like you know when you pack a pack of cigarettes and yeah. flip the lucky one over just or whatever, your thing. just my thing. So, um, so I go and I, I bring a big bottle there and fucking you know whatever I forget it, right? leave it and then we go back to this couple's house for like another party and they um they still have the they, they have the same bottle of vodka right and i'm like oh look they put their sticker on the same way too <laughs> <laughs> and my wife is like no honey that's yours i'm like oh so like you know so talk about hiding bottles i'm hiding them in other people's houses man for the party after that's impressive know? yeah see I'll, talk about pre-drinking yeah if i was wearing a hat i would tip it <laughs> Jesus, hiding it in other people's houses. <laughs> so, um, so you know, when we talk about, um, you know, uh, you know, the coping mechanism you're talking about, um, you know, having to basically drink before you before you go out to have all that stuff, so you can basically be shit faced. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, what kind of other, um, you know, I guess I mean you can understand that that's a coping mechanism for me, right? You know, right. that's you know, and then um, it gets into the isolation portions of that, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I mean. You know, I, I moved on from, you know, functional alcoholic in that kind of a way to m- much more progressive, right? So it because it is quote unquote a progressive disease. It was so true for me, you know. So, um, you know, some criticism happens, et cetera, et cetera. And the next thing I know, you know, years down the road, I'm uh, I'm 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 stuck in a in, in in my my garage and I'm and I'm drinking, you know. And you know, smoking or vaping, whichever one you guys want to do these days, um, that's what I'm doing. And um, and I'm isolated from my family. I'm completely, you know, walled off, right? Because any kind of criticism about my alcoholism or you know any of the behaviors that come along with it, which is the you know, you know the meanness, the nastiness, the fucking defensive, the fu- you know, you name it, right? Denial, right? I mean, all that shit, and not even wanting to face it myself, right? Because you know, as soon as I'm excommunicated shit works out a little bit better, right? You know, don't you know that if you're not fucking asking me questions or talking to me, I'm doing pretty fucking good. Me and the bottle are fucking best buds, you know? Yeah. It's like saying it's like saying to your family or uh, whoever you're isolating from, like, have you ever noticed that we don't fight as much when we're not together? I think I found a solution. <laughs> I found the solution. Go away. Or actually, you know what? I'm feeling helpful today. I'll go away. Yeah. yeah. That's what we do. I'm going to do you a favor. Yeah. Really? Let yeah. me help you. Yeah. To help me get drunk in peace. Because you all seem to have a big problem with all this drinking and chaos yeah. I cause. <laughs> well, you know, not even that. It's like, um, you know, it's there's also that, uh, that, that low self-esteem that comes with it. Right. You talk yeah. about the psychological effects of of being a functional alcoholic. It's like, you know, um, it's like you're, you know, it's like you're uh, you're climbing up a fucking sand pit. Right. You know, you just you know, the, the, the more you the more you move, the more you, you know, do the things you do, the, the, the more you start falling downhill. So inevitably, you know, what is the solution? Fucking sit still and drink. Right. Yeah. You know, um, nobody move and everybody gets hurt. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just keep you know. keep calm and drink. Where's that shirt? <laughs> Actually, I'm sure I that is sure. out there. Yeah, that probably is no, out there. There's a million of them. Yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah. Keep calm and drink. Isolate and dr- no, I don't know. I got nothing. So, um, so you know, basically, when we start talking about you know um, the isolation, um, you know, which I think is what we were originally intending for this. Um, to happen is, you know, uh, you know, for me personally, you know, I ended up, um, 
you know, uh, being, um, uh, you know, I retreated so far into myself that I, I, I had, uh, I, I mean, you even talked about it last episode, which is like me waking up, you know, the lights coming on. Right. You know, yeah. so, so the lights went out at some point. Right. And I think for me, it was in that, in that long stretch of isolation, uh, you know, um, you know, cause I was always the guy that couldn't, you know, be in a crowded room and feel alone at the bunco parties or whatnot. And, um, you know, I always felt, you know, apart from never a part of, you know, I, I absolutely like, you know, I, I'm, it was better than less than though, because, um, or less than better than I was better than less than, because, you know, I may have been a piece of shit, but I was the best fucking piece of shit. That's right. right. <laughs> I'm the stinkiest, wettest, grossest, most fast food uh, infused yeah. piece of shit that's ever been shat. <laughs> so, so, but, but it's true, right? You know, I mean, and, and, and actually that defeated me a lot because like, um, you know, I couldn't walk in. I didn't want to go back to AA because they're all fucking losers, right? Oh you God, know? aren't they? And, uh, and I didn't want to go doing any of that shit because, you know, like, oh, well, don't you know I'm better than that? Well, you know, I'm bad, but you know, and they're bad too, but I'm better than that. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? It's like, you know, that's, I'm a, I'm a piece of shit in a nice, like suburban households bathroom. They're the pieces of shit in the porta potty outside of the Angel Stadium. <laughs> like, you know, at least I have access to being flushed. Yeah. They're okay. just sitting there fermenting yeah. with a bunch of other pieces of shit. You know, it, it's so, you know, a lot of that, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm functional, isolated alcoholic, right? You know, it, it, it keeps you away from getting help. It really does. Yeah, it does. You know, because, um, you know, not only can you not identify, readily identify with, you know, the standard, you know, vision of the alcoholic, you know, which, you know, the, the absolute, you know, brown bag and under the bridge kind of stuff, you know, the guy pissing himself on the street corner, yeah. you know, um, you can't identify with that. Right. But don't think that I didn't shit my pants in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> don't you dare. And just so you guys, cause the listeners can't see it. Carl pointed at me when he said that. And I, I felt threatened. Like I better recognize the fact that Carl did shit himself in his living room. This is very, this is not the first time this has come up. I don't know why it's a thing with him, but it's very important. It was a shocking moment. You know, when you shit your pants and your wife is making dinner, you know, and you consider yourself a functional alcoholic. These are some telltale signs. that kind of, you know, wakes you up a little bit. I can give you an out though. Can you get cleaned up before dinner? I did. Actually. Yeah. yeah. See, that's I, functional. I threw away the pants. Functional See? solving problems. And I think I got another drink to boot. At <laughs> a boy, boy, you know what? I'm. Do you need AA? I'm starting <laughs> yeah. to think you might be okay. I'm a successful. Alcoholic. Yeah, I'm a successful. <laughs> now that and that's a that that term functional alcoholic. I've heard a lot of people say that, and I understand why they say that. Like, there's no, but it's kind of like the high bottom, low bottom thing. Yeah, yeah. Where people make this distinction that, and I remember saying it before, and uh, just to throw it out there, it's like, well, as for high bottom, low bottom, functional, non functional. When you're shitting the bed, does it really matter if you're on <laughs> like silk sheets or cotton sheets? Yeah. Like yeah. it's just sort of like at a certain point, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But I understand why the distinction is there because, and I would say that the reason they address this sort of stuff with functional alcoholic and non-functional is because we make so many different attempts to justify what we're doing mm -hmm. when we say, well, I'm a functional alcoholic. So it's kind of your way of saying to somebody who's 
I'm guessing bringing up the fact that you're drinking the way you do to say, okay, I'm an alcoholic. I'll concede that, but I'm a functional alcoholic. So I should still be able to drink because I'm, I'm providing money. I'm still taking care of the family. I'm all the stuff that you were listing. Whereas like you were someone like me who I didn't have the functional part, but there's still another out even if you don't have that functional thing to fall back on with your, you know, rationale, because it is sort of insane to even make that distinction. But when you concern, when you uh, consider the larger point of that, you're drinking to the point of affecting your body physically mm-hmm. and all of your mm-hmm. relationships and the site, you know, your own psychology. Talking about f- physical, did had you ever any physical effect? Did, I mean, other than me shitting my pants. I mean, <laughs> did you ever any physical? I had other physical effects too. Did you ever any physical? Yeah, I had the physical effects. I had the, you know, like, um, just like when just going to the bathroom and then if you ever take a gander at the toilet and you just, it's charcoal or like, uh, vomiting on a daily basis, uh, getting the shakes, waking up in the morning and having that usual appearance of just like, I'm already, you know, I'm already a very Caucasian male. Like Mm -hmm. I cannot be outside in the sun for more than 20 minutes without burning. So if, when I wake up and I see myself in the mirror and I'm pale and your eyes are bloodshot and, uh, the gastrointestinal distress and just random injuries you get because Mm -hmm. you were drunk and Mm -hmm. you did something stupid. I, all that stuff. Like, and, um, you know, I'm sure that there were many of those surprising farts where you didn't <laughs> uh, think my shirts. Yes. You did not think it was going to be, uh, humid. Yeah. And after you let that go, you realize I should find a bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so the, the, the time when I shit my pants, which is funny because like my, my children had a, uh, uh, what, what the fuck is the thing that they jump on a trampoline? Right. So, they, <laughs> yes, I lose words now then. And who doesn't want to be able to associate their children with a memory of shitting yeah, yourself? Exactly. So, but I, I was like, you know, you know, the, the immature alcoholic that I am, I was going to go jump on the trampoline with them. And I remember jumping and it was that week, you know, cause I was drinking heavy. Right. And then, yeah. and I was jumping with them and I, I remember feeling like, oh shit, like if I jump a couple more times, like I'm not going to be able to contain this. And then, um, you know, and that's just the weirdest fucking feel because your body is affected by this shit i mean you keep putting that in and that's just yeah. so you know um <laughs> I, just, I said in a meeting uh <laughs> last night actually uh which was um uh uh you know i uh, you know i had been drinking for 15 fucking years just like that you know and where i never had an, a poop i mean i, I Solid one, right? Like, I mean, I know that this is getting real personal shit, but <laughs> I was not expecting this. <laughs> so, but it's true. Um, like, it was, I, and it, I, I once listened to um, uh, a speaker, not a speaker, uh, just uh, like an audio tape, and he was talking about he, uh, it was for prostate cancer, and he was talking about one of the signs of his cancer was that his poop floats and it never sank. And I was like, oh shit, well, that that's me. Right, you know, there I am, an alcoholic, obviously. Wait, so, so it's it's hope and poop that floats. <laughs> huh. So I didn't so, know that. So um, so I thought that, like you know, of course I got prostate cancer because that's what the alcoholic does, right? Yeah. You know? And then um, but you know, you start looking that stuff up pretty quickly, and you know, alcohol is pretty much related to all those things, right? So, mm-hmm. so I um, 
you know, my first spiritual experience was a solid fucking movement. <laughs> so, I, so that's where I was like, holy shit, this is what it feels like to fucking poop for real. You know, I was like, I was sober for like maybe like two weeks and all of a sudden they're like, I'm like, whoa, like this is great. You know, because, <laughs> hey, honey, <laughs> hey, honey, <laughs> get in here. I I just, let's name this one. <laughs> you know, so, um, but uh, behind uh, other physical effects, the uh, um, you know as a functional alcoholic, I think one of the things that I try to do because I always had heartburn and shit. I always had that stuff going on, and um, you know, and uh, you know, I take a Prilosec. I was doing like you know all that anti you know acid tablets, all your tums and all this other shit. And I mean, I just like just eat that shit like candy just all the time. And then the other thing that I had um, there's basically like two years um, before I stopped drinking uh, is I, I I was shitting coffee grounds. And talk about poop again. It, it, poop's a really good indicator Wait, for it, shit going it on. It looked like coffee grounds. Yeah. Or so, okay. <laughs> so any of any of you internet listeners, obviously, go ahead and look up like you know, uh, you know, coffee grounds in my stool. Go ahead and go look that one up and see how much it fucking scares you. Because because uh, if you are a functioning alcoholic and you're pooping coffee grounds, well, guess what? You have upper intestinal bleeding, and it's probably due to the amount of alcohol you're drinking. Oh shit. And um and what happens is, is blood is leaking from your stomach and it's going through your entire intestinal tract, and basically it coagulates as it gets to the end of its cycle and it comes out your ass as coffee grounds um and so my experience with isolation <laughs> no this is good stuff more about your shit i'm <laughs> oh, sorry i couldn't help it no that's important though to know that kind of yeah. stuff like it's it might sound like you might be like wait a minute we started talking about functional alcoholics i'm pretty sure the past couple minutes have been Carl describing in vivid detail his shit to me. But here's Dude, I the got thing. a lot of shit to yeah, go through. He does have a lot of... But, um, psh, oh, the drummer went home early. But the reason you mentioned that stuff is all these physical signs and all of this stuff, it's like if we weren't so insistent on denying our alcoholism or denying that we had a problem, then this is all just evidence to keep making a case because it's like the idea, if you're listening to this and you're not sure if you have an alcohol problem, it's like, it's not to try to beat you over the head. It's not to try to guilt you or to shame you into like, oh, I'm a bad person because well, I yeah. drink. That's not the or thing. Or convince you for that. Yeah, matter. or yeah. convince you. Like, we know that's not going to work. It's basically the idea is, though, it's like to try to plant this little seed to just consider maybe there's more going on here than you realize. Maybe this is a bigger issue than just drinking the way you drink and is going to require some more attention and maybe some more um action than just not drinking because like to borrow a line I've, i got from uh recovery it turns out there's more to this quitting drinking thing than just quitting drinking so when we talk about all these physical ailments and uh coping mechanisms and other symptoms it's all to just try to help build this big case in your brain that maybe someday will break through and at least get you to consider what if this is a serious problem. So, which brings, you know, you're coming back into the circle here, which is the solution. Like, what is, I mean, just, you know, if, you know, I, but great, you know, somebody's, Somebody just sent me this. Uh, somebody's just shared this episode, <laughs> you know, with me. And you're um, welcome. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know, because maybe they listened to it and it was it was a, a good uh, um, a good topic in terms of functional alcoholism. So, what is the solution to 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 what's going on here? You know, I, I've 
I, I, I've started to identify, right? I get it. You know, then maybe it is a problem for me. Maybe the, you're putting the word in, in front of functional, you know, uh, well, putting the word in front of alcoholic, uh, the word functional in front of alcoholic is, uh, doesn't make any different, right? You know, high bottom, low bottom doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still fucking some shit up. So what's the solution to these things? What is the, what is the outcome? Is it, you know, so, you know, um, for me, it was, uh, you know, it, it started with reaching out, right? Like I, I, First and foremost, I had to, I had to ask for help. I had to I had to come to my own understanding, right? And it's those it's the bottoms that we talk about. And your bottom can be, of course, like they talk about. Your bottom can be anywhere you stop digging. Anytime you want to get off this fucking train, it's now now and and you find that you can't, right? Uh, and you want you want to get off this train, you find that you can't. You reach out for help, and there are people, there are organizations, there are clubs, there are. You know, online communities. There are other programs other than AA that we talk about, right? Yeah. AA just happens to be the one that you know Steve and I, you know, uh, uh, you know, liken. Right? Yeah. yeah. There's so, also there's also smart recovery, more rehabs and recovery and places, refuge than, recovery. Yeah, yeah, and things celebrate recovery, celebrate recovery, whatever it is. A lot of like, recoveries. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just look it up, and it's like if you, and that's another that speaks to a bigger point too, where you mentioned that it's like. Because it is it is a frightening thing to think about, oh, God, I'm a drunk. What do I do? What do I do? If we can just list all those recoveries off the top of our head or like just these different all these different avenues to get there, that's because this isn't a unique problem. It's not something that is not approachable or doesn't have any sort of solution to. And if you like we said, like it's it's a big thing that we want to get across. We met in AA. And that's been my path and that's been Carl's path, but there's a lot of other ones too. And so we don't want for a second you to think, oh, these are guys that are just yeah. on there promoting AA. No, yeah, we're not. Yeah. We're not allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I called I called the AA president and he told me to straight fuck off because apparently there is no AA president. We're not affiliated with any outside organization. Yes. And by so, called AA president, I mean, I, I just called the first guy in the phone book that had AA in his last name. I assumed that was him. <laughs> Al Adirondack. Yes. So um, sorry, Al. <laughs> so um, you know, I, I I think Steve's got a point. You know, and I always say, you know, I don't care if you get this through higher power or hire a therapist. You know, if you want to get sober, <laughs> you ah, good one. You you, you want to get sober. You know, it's about getting sober. That's that, that. You know, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, whether it's you know, I mean, your other addictions. The fact is, is we're talking about sobriety. Uh, you mean you could put any other word in front of that? You know. Um, so. Um, so like, again, reaching out for help. Like it's one of the things that you got to do and who cares really who you connect to as long as you're reaching out. And, I, and, and it could be somebody close to you that maybe you, uh, maybe they can help you. You know, for instance, like, you know, I woke up, um, you know, uh, and on that, uh, on that Friday and I told my wife, like, I'm getting sober today, you know, like this is, and she, she saw a difference in me. She really did. Um, and, um, and so she actually, you know, I, I enlisted her in that help, you know, and, uh, and I'd saying that, you know, like, hey, I want to get sober. I really want to do this this time. And and she, you know, we went and got some, um, you know, like some sleepy time tea and shit, you know, sh- basic shit to kind of help me get through a day, right? Some comfort shit, you yeah. know. But the one thing that I did is, you know, I reached out for on an online community. Um, and uh, I think one of the things is, yes, I'm asking for help. But at the same time, I have to be willing to receive that help. If I can't, you know, you have to be open to receiving that. And it may not be the help that you want. It's like, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like a... You know, I I call out for help, and um, and the truth is, a bunch of ex drunks show up. You know, um, 
and it's not pretty sometimes, you know, and, and it's not, you know, guys don't always, you know, they're not coming in wearing suits, you know what I mean? They're like, you know, sometimes they're not coming in wearing a, the appropriate clothing at all, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, uh, but, you know, and, and, but you know what, sometimes these guys have a lot more serenity and a lot more knowledge and wisdom than I'm ever going to, you know, achieve. I just, you know, and, and I have to be open and willing to that as well. Right. So yes, I'm asking for help, but I have to be willing to accept it when it comes and I can't, I don't get to pick the form that it comes in, you know? So when, when you do ask for it and it comes such as going to treatment, so, you know, if that's the option, take it, use it, you know, use that time wisely. Um, you know, because that's a, you know, that's an introduction into a world, a crash course introduction into a world that, um, you know, uh, you know, it is it, hard fought sometimes, you know? So, um, so if you're like that and, and you're getting those opportunities, uh, and you do reach out for help, just remember to accept the hand that, that reaches out for you. Cause yeah, it may not be the help that you, uh, want, but it's probably the help that you need. So, yeah. And to, and just to kind of piggyback on that point, it's like, as far as it may not be the help you want, it's because if you're like me, the help you want is someone to just give you the right type of alcohol to drink to where people <laughs> yeah. will stop bitching at you for yeah. drinking alcohol. Yeah, I just want to learn how to drink. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just want to learn how to drink. I want to drink like a gentleman. I want to control my drinking. I want to, all this stuff. It's like the help is naturally going to come in a way you don't want it because it's probably going to involve stopping drinking, but as far as who that message comes through, uh, what techniques or strategies or methods or therapies, recoveries, whatever it is, just desperation is a really good tool, like in the beginning, because like we were talking about last week, Carl was a successful guy at, uh, what, you were 39 or 40 when we met, right? 42. 42 when we yeah. met. And there I was, 27, the exact opposite of successful. I don't have any of that stuff. But the one thing I had that Carl wanted that he asked me for back when I was a sponsor was AA, was, or not AA, was recovery, mm -hmm. was going through the steps and learning it the way I had learned it. And the only reason I had that was because there was a guy that I had met that I asked, hey, can you show me how to do this thing that you do? Because you seem pretty okay with being sober. Like you seem to enjoy your life being sober and you seem to know what you're talking about. And that's just how it works. Like, and there's like, there's just be careful. And like, there's a lot of scams out there and there's a lot of yeah. people that are going to want to say like, Oh, we'll teach you to get sober. We'll guarantee yeah. you to get sober. And there's, and, and there's also a lot of, you know, self-help gurus and all those other things. Yeah. You know, and a lot of it, it's funny. Like, you know, I was just listening to the podcast the other day, um, uh, the share podcast and they were, uh, um, and uh, if you guys want it, it's a S H A I R. Uh, and um, I was listening to them and they talk about, um, there's a lot of self-help gurus who like, you know, instituting the 12 steps and their self-help things, you know, but then they, they, they but you got to pay for it. You know, yeah. you know, here's the $200 and da, da, da. And really, if you break down the programs that they're offering, right, it's really like, oh, it's like, oh, here's step one and here's step two and here's step three. You know what I mean? It's like, you kind of, you go, well, wait a minute, like this is just the 12 step program with the, with some of the God parts removed and, and, and talking about action and service. And it's like, okay, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. so, but you know, there's that stuff out there too. And so there's also, you know, it's deceptive actually. And it's actually terrible because they're preying on people who actually need help. Yeah. So I think that, you know, um, you know, so there is some, you have to be, you know, a little bit more careful these days, I think, than we used to be. You know, it used to be a pretty open environment in terms of recovery from what I understood. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and there's, yeah. there's so many different places like of recovery that aren't 
that aren't gimmicks that aren't just there to get people's money that aren't there to, you know, and that's like, that's like the whole idea of this podcast. Like Carl's whole thing with this is he wants the podcast to just be in the feed somewhere for someone to find that is uh, in their early sobriety, like he was, or maybe someone that knows that person that could use hearing this message. We're not going to get you sober on this podcast. That's not going to happen, but at least maybe you can have an hour or 45 minutes or however long the episode is of two people talking about something that you can relate to in a way that you hadn't heard before. And maybe it gives you an idea and you start looking into something and you do find your way to something. Perfect. I don't care if you ever listen to another episode of this. If that's what it gets for you. (laughs) Yes. Well, you must listen. Yes. You must listen Listen to the. Yes. Well, I mean, it has been scientifically proven (laughs) that the more subscribers we get to this, the more people get sober. That is a fact. Not one you can find in a a book. Direct correlation. But that is a fact that I have claimed as a fact into this microphone. Which makes it a fact, unless I don't understand yeah. science. All opinions are strictly those of the individual. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, you don't have our last names. You can't sue us. <laughs> yeah. Try and find me. <laughs> Try and find me. No, don't, because you're gonna find me if you do that. I swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. So, what do we what have we learned, dear readers, uh, dear listeners? What have we learned? Uh, so yeah, we covered a lot today. We didn't get to uh, the isolation super in depth yet, but there was a lot of stuff that. Um, hopefully maybe it just gets something kicking around in your brain. Maybe we'll talk about the dysfunctional alcoholic next. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. That I think it's quite even... the same as the, uh, functional yeah, alcoholic. it's yeah. like, it's really just that alcoholic part. It's like this shit gets really generalizable. There's not a whole lot that changes. <laughs> what, about, what about the, what about the functional, uh, heroin act? Is there a. Oh, that totally exists. Yeah, that no, and doing heroin like a gentleman. Yeah, that's a total thing. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, no, I mean actually, that's a that's like a new challenge on YouTube too. Like doing being the uh, oh those youngins. Yeah, using oh. using heroin. Oh, those millennials. Yeah, using heroin like a gentleman. That's a thing. I'm gonna start doing that next week. I'm so I'm gonna report on using heroin like a gentleman on this podcast with the uh, with the Tide Pod Chaser. Yes, yeah. with the Tide those, Pod Chaser. Oh, those millennials. Uh, the millennials. All right, people. So we are uh, obviously out, and I do want to remind you that um, that we are available on the on the Twitter and on the Facebook. Uh, and I love saying that like the old guy that like doesn't know what it is because on the internet. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> damn, damn So go out and buy yourself a copy of the internet. Flip through the pages, and you'll see the sober pod. There's in gold there. in them internet. There's gold in them there podcasts. <laughs> All right, so that is it. That is out uh, for this week. We hope you keep coming back, and remember to uh, you know like and subscribe, and uh, see you next time. Mm-hmm. But do not share it with the Alanons. They cannot. Yeah, they cannot learn our secret. It's super secret. Super yeah, secret. Super stuff. secret. Really? Alanons a thing for another episode. Oh yeah. You know we actually should probably should do an Alanon. That's something. That's kind of interesting. It's recovery. You know, gotta think about the uh, the other side of this thing. Uh, Again with that, it's always thinking about someone that's not me. The only part of this recovery thing that I suspected. All right, so we're out. See ya. Bye. I want the last word again. <laughs>